Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. Welcome. This is Alan Jetty, Editor-in-Chief of the journal Physical Therapy, and I'm delighted to welcome listeners to this latest PTJ podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Hanan Khalil to talk about the topic of fear of falling in people with multiple sclerosis. Dr. Khalil is in the Department of Rehabilitation Sciences and the Faculty of Applied Medical Sciences in Jordan University of Science and Technology. Welcome, Dr. Khalil. Thank you. Thank you very much. Your article struck me immediately because this is uh, an area that I studied some years ago in uh, looking at fear of falling in older individuals. Could you talk a little bit about what led you to your interest in fear of falling and particularly in your focus on patients with multiple sclerosis? Yes, well, fear of fall um, is a serious health problem. Evidence from like the elderly literature suggests that people who have that fear are at high risk of becoming fallers in the future. And we also know that evidence from other populations, including elderly and other neurological populations, that fears usually tend to limit their activities. This has several consequences, including that these fears tend to reduce their participation in occupational and leisure tasks, which may also uh, negatively affect the depression, the mobility, and their quality of life. When it comes to uh, multiple sclerosis, or MS, um, fear of fall has gained the recognition as a specific health problem in these individuals. A couple of previous studies that have looked at fear of falling in MS individuals, including Peterson and his colleagues, uh, a paper that was published in Multiple Sclerosis in 2007, indicated that around 60% of the studied cohort were reporting this fear. Now, the good side of the story is that fear of falling seems to be amenable to physiotherapy um, and exercise interventions. This is what we know from the elderly population of studies. However, little is known about what contributes to this fear in the MS individuals. And for sure, to improve future interventional programs in MS individuals, okay, we need to get a better picture of factors influencing fear of falling across different constructs. And this is the main reason why we've conducted this study. We wanted to know what contributes to this fear, that in the future we can plan better interventional programs. Well, it's very interesting. Where did you get your patients from for this study? The patients were recruited mainly from uh, the teaching hospital uh, that we are linked to, which is King Abdullah University Hospital. That's in northern Jordan in Arpet City. So that was the main source. But we also worked closely with the, with the Jordanian Multiple Sclerosis Society, where we put advertisements for the study, and if people were willing to it, then they were signed up, being tested by the neurologist. And if they were eligible, then they were enrolled. So it was a fairly broad sample of patients with this disorder. Yeah. Now, moving on to the risk factors, you focused on risk factors from four major domains. You looked at personal factors, motor factors, cognitive, and affective. Why did you choose those four domains to investigate in this patient population? The main thing, the story goes back to how we've designed this study. 
When we've looked at the design of the city and when we started to think about which factors we really need to include and to test and to examine, we used the ICF model as a tool to guide our choices and to guide our uh, decisions. And wouldn't the ICF model, as you know, a disability in our case, for example, the fear of hole, it can be as a result of one factor. It's a result of complex interaction among contextual factors, including the personal ones body functions and body structures as well. So thank you also for the ICF because back into 2013 they issued the ICF course set for multiple sclerosis. And within that corset, they mentioned explicitly personal factors, although they haven't specified which factors are important. They mentioned also energy drive as well as emotional functions as aspects that usually get affected in people with MS. So we labeled this with what we call it affective factors, and we said probably depression and fatigue as two prevalent symptoms in MS would best reflect this domain. Motor and cognitive factors, there were too many elements within the ICF course set for multiple sclerosis that they can fit within this domain. And um, as we know, it's well established that motor and cognitive difficulties have essential role in balance and gait problems, particularly in MS, and this may contribute to fear of fall. So this is how we came up with these factors and with these domains. I was also struck that you included in your focus on sleep and the quality of sleep. What do you see as the possible mechanism for an association between quality of sleep and fear of falling? It was, I didn't expect to see that one, and I, I thought that was quite interesting. Within the ICF corset, sleep is, is, is there. And, and we know also that the sleep problems uh, or sleep deficits are very prevalent in people with multiple sclerosis. But it's one of the areas that haven't been well highlighted in MS in the field of rehabilitation or in the field of physiotherapy. To acknowledge this, we've got uh, one of our co-authors, is Dr. Alham Sherman. She's like, she's a physiotherapist who has a special interest in sleep. And she thought at the beginning that sleep would have a relationship that may affect cognition. As a consequence, it may affect balance. And interestingly, it came out with the data that sleep is one of the predictors for fear of falling for the, for in, 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 in patients with MS, at least in the cohort that we studied. And the explanation for this, because you asked about the explanation, my thinking goes to two factors. The first one, that poor sleep equality may indirectly affect fear of fall or increase fear of fall by increasing fatigue level. For anyone, if you have a bad sleep at night, next morning you will feel more tired. And there is a good link in the literature between poor sleep equality and fatigue in people with MS. And it hasn't been looked before in an MS population, but if we look at the elderly literature, and uh, to, um, there was also another paper on Parkinson's disease, there is a link between fatigue and fear of fall. So I think fatigue is an element, but probably it's not the only one. The other factor that I'm thinking of is that the relation between poor sleep quality, cognitive status, and postural control. Again, if someone is having a poor sleep at night, okay, next morning you will be less mentally alert. And there is a good chunk of research that they've connected 
sleep deprivation with a number of cognitive deficits, including attention, rate of information processing, and reaction time, which all we need for postural and motor control. So I think it's, it's something to be related to fatigue, to cognitive status, and to postural control. That makes a lot of sense, and I was very, very interested to see that you included it. You also focused on three sociodemographic background factors, gender, age, and education. What was your thinking around this population? As I said, okay, like within the core set, uh, within the ICF core set for multiple sclerosis, personal factors were explicitly there, but they were not specified. So they just mentioned personal factors, but they didn't put what specific um, um, components are important to look at. Now, our literature search of personal factors that would relate to fear of fall and indicated that female gender, lower education, and older age, particularly in the elderly, are among the factors, the important ones for developing fear of fall. And one thing that I wanted to highlight that we additionally emphasized including these ones, age, gender, education, because we assumed that there would be some cultural aspects to it. For example, if we took gender, although it's a general thing, but it's more uh, culturally rooted in the Arabic culture, we assumed that women would admit fearful more easily than men, because culturally the ideal for men to be physically strong and to demonstrate fearlessness, and for women to be emotional and open about their feelings. So we assumed that this fundamental attitude might influence the men's answer to the question, are you afraid of falling? So this is why we included these ones. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think the cross-cultural issues that you raise are really quite interesting and something that could be pursued in future research. Let's talk a little bit about your findings because also I found those quite fascinating. If I remember correctly, you found a different pattern of risk factors for those individuals who had a history of falls compared with those with no history of falls. And in the group of fallers, fear of falling was really only correlated with some of your motor scores. But in the group of non-fallers, fear of falling was correlated with disease severity, motor, cognitive, and affective factors. I thought it was really interesting that you see a different pattern of bindings in those two subgroups. What are your thoughts on that finding? I think these findings were even like interesting and surprising to us as well. The way that I read it, that the non-faller, which are the ones who had only had a history of one fall or no falls, probably a combination of factors at different domains would contribute to the fear of falling. So they would have little of this, little of this, little of that, and then the combination would put them at risk of falling or would make them perceive that they are afraid of falling. In the fuller group, the people who had a history of two falls or more than that, probably more motor aspects because they are so obvious, they dominate that fear and they dominate the risk of falling. Now, the thing is, as we've mentioned in the paper, uh, this needs to be treated with some caution because it came out that the vast majority of the participants, which they, they were around 70, they ended up to be in the non-fuller group. So, so the frequent fullers cohort were really few, were up around 18 participants. 
Um, one other interesting factor that if you look at both the groups, whether they are fallers or non-fallers, the level of fear of falling was quite high. Like even the non-fallers ones, they exceeded the threshold of a 20 in the falls efficacy scale, which means that they were highly concerned of falling. So it's possible that the true distinction between them that only motor relates to fallers and other relates to non-fallers, probably it's not there, rather than that the non-fuller participants restricted their activities as a result of their fear of falling and thus lessened their opportunity to fall. I think this is um, an interesting area, an important one, and we need to extend this work to include a larger cohort of MS fallers and I think we need to include also in a future work activity restriction as an outcome to combine it that it may help us also to understand this data in a better way. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed out both of those. I think those would be very interesting to build on your work. Could you say a little bit about what you see as the major implications of your findings for clinicians? I understand the need to be cautious and not to overgeneralize from one study. I'm with you 100% on that. But to the extent that your findings in the future are replicated, what are some of the implications that you see, both for clinicians as well as for adults with multiple sclerosis? I think for the clinicians, the key take-home message that it comes out of the data that fear of fall and probably risk of fall in this population is multifactorial and it includes motor and non-motor factors. Particularly for a service, we always tend to focus on the physical side or the motor side of the problem and probably not too much, not to spend too much time on the other factors. So I think clinicians are prompted to be aware of the negative impact, particularly that cognitive deficits and the sleep disorders may have on fear of fall in this population and to offer a multi-component intervention that targets these factors to reduce fear of fall and hopefully the risk of fall itself in individuals with MS. For patients with MS, I think raising awareness and educating individuals with MS about the interaction among factors that may affect their balance and contribute to their fear of falling is important as this may help them to cooperate more with their clinicians for better outcomes. Well, before we wrap up, I'm interested in knowing whether or not you're continuing this line of research, and if you are, where are you taking it? Yes, we are continuing in this line of research. We've already started to work on expanding this work to have a larger cohort in which we can look at best outcomes that would discriminate between uh, fullers and non-fullers. Um, um, the other work that we are doing, uh, we just got funded also for a study it's an interventional study, and sleep is the main outcome. So the, inter so the intervention has been desi designed basically to improve the sleep. But what we wanted to look at is that if there is any change on fear of fall in relation to the potential improvement in the sleep quality. And I think the future work uh, or the next step will be to look similarly at cognitive status. So if there is an intervention that has been designed to look at cognitive status, would that have any influence as well on, um, on fear of falling in MS individuals? Well, there's no question, as you have pointed out, this is an important area of investigation as well as clinical practice. And so I thank you for the work that you and your colleagues have done 
Thank you for taking the time today to speak with me on this podcast, and I look forward to seeing the results of your future research. Thank you, Dr. Khalil. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate this opportunity and the support of the BTJ. Thank you very much.